to tell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the Advent Calendar House Muffins, black and smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, a podcast that holds time and dates in complete disregard, despite the word calendar being in the title of the show. Today, it is time to ignore the rules of another long-standing tradition as we travel by baby basket back to 1995 to visit some familiar friends. It's the Rugrats in a Rugrats Passover. I am Slave Baby in charge of getting Reptar cereal every morning, Mike Westfall. And joining me, making what her parents call a mess in the back seat of a minivan because they don't understand her art. Please welcome back Sarah Shea. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Mike. Pleased to be here making a mess in the back of your minivan. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. The, the audio equivalent of a minivan. There it is. Yeah, that, that, that about sums up this podcast. The audio equivalent of a minivan. That's my new favorite review. And... Currently stuck in the playpen again because he left his screwdriver in his other diaper. Please welcome Zach Goslin. Hey, Zach. Hi. Um, first time, long time or whatever. Uh, I'm mostly here because there's no Wild Thornberry Sukkot special. So let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. If only. That aired at least. <laughs> right. Somewhere on the cutting room floor. But so, Zach, we'll start with you. Besides for tonight, do you have any memory of watching this episode of Rugrats before? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. I mean, actually, I'm not sure that I knew that it aired in 1995. I originally at least definitely saw it rerun a bunch of times as a kid. And yeah. I don't know if we want to get into it now, but like I, uh, grew up in a really like Jewish town, had a pretty big Jewish population. I'm Jewish. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I never felt like you know, that was that was like I didn't really realize that we were such a minority growing up um, because uh, what was, would that be you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just didn't realize until I learned it. And then until I moved to Oklahoma and that was a whole different story. Oh, that oh, yeah. was <laughs> And that was weird. Uh, and then like specifically like three years ago, I had a uh, I had a Zoom sander like everybody did and uh, watched it for the first time in a while with all those friends. One of them suggested we put it on and I had a very. Uh, enthusiastic yes for it because it just kind of hit like oh yeah that yeah absolutely so, yeah um <laughs> very foundational very foundational text for me <laughs> nice <laughs> sarah do you remember the first time you watched this not the first time definitely not even though it came out in 95 i would have been 13 there's no reason i shouldn't remember the first time i watched it but um no, I don't. <laughs> it feels like it was just always there. No, I, I guess I do remember being excited that they were doing it. I, okay. I guess so. I do. I do remember being like a TV show is talking about Passover. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's the Rugrats. It's like a cool show. I mean, even though I was technically a teenager, Rugrats was always cool. Oh, yeah. No, I never 
shunned Rugrats as I grew older because it kept oh. churning out good episodes. But yeah, it was always funny. And I yeah, I don't remember this specifically watching it, but I do remember being like, OK, this is officially the best show on television because they they acknowledged and single other Jewish holiday besides Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That was another big thing. And they did this first. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And I did not remember. So I forget whether I watched it the night it aired. I do remember Nickelodeon doing a great deal of promotion for it. That's awesome. Yeah, but it first aired April 13th, 1995, which that year was the night before Passover, which was smart because then people could tape it and put it on for the kids later. Very smart. Yeah. Well done. I mean, probably it just happened to work out that way because it was in the normal Rugrats time slot. Well, this was this was a legit special. This got primetime oh, really? airing. Oh, yeah. It did. I was surprised because in my memory, I'd remembered it being a special. But then when I saw the runtime, I'm like, it's still only like 24 minutes, though. It's still. It's 24 minutes. But usually that era of Rugrats, you had the show split up into two different segments. This took up the whole time. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then for sure, because like, I won't make you guys feel old, but like. I might have remembered it in 95, might not have, but definitely it aired at least annually after that and probably just in the rotation, too, in terms of like, you know, regular episodes after that, because all those shows, you know, all those Nick shows got rerun. Sure. Real, real hard, you know, throughout their lifespan into like not even real for me, not even realizing that like Rugrats was broken up production wise uh, until much later. Um, So like, yeah, and then it was. It was not a one-time airing. It wasn't some, like I might have seen a V one of those orange VHSs of it after the yeah. fact. But oh yeah, uh, it definitely aired on TV again in times after that. So you know, not something that they just kind of did as a one-off. Yeah, and we had it on VHS for sure. I know okay. that for a fact. But as uh, as I probably mentioned last time I was on Evan Calendar House, or at least one of the past times I was on, my dad worked in video, so we had everything right. on video. Yes. <laughs> But no, this first time they aired it, they put it in the eight o'clock slot, which so technically this was on Nick at Night, I guess. But in the spring of 1995, that meant I Dream of Jeannie would not be seen that evening. That's fine. (laughs) Which I think you covered, Sarah, on Pilot House, your show. Yes, my uh, my other podcast, Pilot House. I mean, I say my other podcast. It's actually mine. This one I just show up on with disturbing regularity, but. Uh, my my podcast, Pilot House, uh, we did talk about I Dream of Jeannie, which uh, I, I went on the record saying I thought it was better than Bewitched, even though it technically was just riding Bewitched coattails. So hot take. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. I don't think I did at the time. I still don't. But as far as, as, far as whimsical blondes making hapless uh, brunette dudes uh, do reaction faces from the yeah. 60s, it's pretty good stuff. Yes. But uh, another way that this episode of Rugrats was indeed different from all other episodes of Rugrats, it was the last new episode of the first wave of their production. New episodes wouldn't return until December of 96 with the Hanukkah special. Wow. That I did not know. Yeah. Uh, And then they followed that up with a Mother's Day special in 1997, which that's another great one. Oh, my goodness. Where Chucky learns about his late mother. Oh, wow. That, yeah. That sounds intense. <laughs> it, it it pulls on the heartstrings quite a bit. And honestly, another holiday that doesn't always get a special in any a, in a given TV show, right? Like, Yeah. 
Rugrats pulling the deep cuts. Not in a serious context, you know, really more of a like sitcom classic of, oh, it's Mother's Day and I forgot to blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, every time. No, this one got deep. Uh, but this Passover special really marked that end of the first era of Rugrats, though, when you go and watch it and look it up, it's considered the finale of the show's third season. So look in season three, kids. Paramount Plus puts it there. But they're in a different order there than they are on the wikis. I don't know why, but it's season three, episode 23 on Paramount Plus if you want to watch it there. I also found it hiding on the Internet Archive. Somebody uploaded a four hour block of what was called Nick on CBS. In the early 2000s, CBS filled its Saturday morning lineup with just Nickelodeon spillover stuff, including Rugrats <laughs> in 2003. So that exists. That is the version that I watched. And guess what? There was uh, a really delightful ad break. Oh, I don't think I stayed for the ad break, but now I need to go back and look for that. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Rosie O'Donnell hosting the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. You had wow. a hooked on phonics ad. Really? Good stuff. <laughs> I panicked and watched this at 10 p.m. at the Las Vegas airport about four days ago, which was <laughs> I'm sure people looked over my shoulder and were confused by that. But whatever. Um, <laughs> Oh, well, That's their you know, problem. We're not recording close to Passover, I will just say. Nope. Um, one thing I will say about, uh, so I paid two bucks for, to Amazon to uh, get a streamer of it. And one thing that I will interject with, and not too many times, but they apparently have fun facts as part of the package. Like you can click on a button to give you facts about the episode. Oh. There are a few that I will bring up uh, as time goes by because uh, two of them are actually pretty interesting. Oh, is that... Because uh, I know that Amazon bought IMDb, so maybe when they are. Yeah, it, oh. it's possible they're getting that from IMDb. Because I watched something on Amazon that was on "quote unquote" IMDb TV, which is now Freevee, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh. But when we were watching, my roommate and I watched uh, all of Leverage on IMDb TV through Amazon, though. And it would like show you in the like sidebar, it would be like, look at all the trivia, which I'm to be trivia, as I'm sure you know, is about 90% absolute nuts. Oh, <laughs> well, one yeah. of them, one of them oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Oh, I can't <laughs> this wait. Is almost certainly the same thing. Yeah, it's probably. You got like a pop up video version of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I actually have some fun facts in my notes, but those are from my own brain. That's not from the internet. Yeah, last thing I want to do is read the Wikipedia page. Come on here and just like go like, and then, and yeah, that's your <laughs> that's job. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the copy that's streaming on Paramount Plus also looks like it was just ripped from a VHS copy. Like it had oh, distortion, really? which I wasn't expecting, but I'm also not complaining. That's a surprise. I would expect it to them to have like a, you would you know, think, a quality. Right. You would think they had the master somewhere. Zach, was your did your version look like HD or oh you watched it on your phone so you wouldn't know? No, I was watching on a laptop, but it oh. it was um it, it was concerningly good quality for a show from the nineties. I mean, that's just not how it's meant to be seen. Right. Yeah. Okay. A lot of older shows, you watch them and they've been kind of zhuzhed up and you're like, this is unsettling. <laughs> it it should not be like this. No. Make it look bad again. Sometimes, yeah. like, makeup effects from old shows look really, oh, no. really like <laughs> watching original Star Trek episodes that are like 4K <laughs> now is like, oh, that makeup effect was not meant to be seen in such high definition. 
Yeah, I think even I think just up to HD, like even like early 2000 stuff, you see that yeah. where like someone's yes. wearing a wig and you're like, oh, this looks terrible. And you yeah. remember it was, you know, aired over, you know, standard def until, you know, what, 2000, mid 2000 sometime. Yeah, like I guess that's supposed to look like that guy has a gnarly scar, but it just like looks like <laughs> someone put some oatmeal on his forehead. I don't know what's going on. We started watching Doctor Who a few years ago because that was just a blind spot in my radar my entire life. So we started watching with the kids and that first season in 2005 when they brought it back has that same sort of effect where it's just like, oh, this did not age well, but I'm enjoying it. Just just even the new series from yeah. stuff from like, 2005 looked bad. That first wow. couple of seasons, just and especially the special effects, because one, it was made for TV. True. So they didn't have the budget for it, but just. And TVs in the UK, which they basically are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't wild, have quality man. TVs there. But. <laughs> I mean, it was it was always a cheap show, and I thought that was some of the charm. And then afterwards, as they actually improved the budget, it was just the budget, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but let's get into a Rugrats Passover. Yeah. Ba-ba! The first thing we see is an extreme close-up of something crumbling, and I immediately recognize it as Mata being destroyed. <laughs> I did have a moment of what am I what am I looking at? <laughs> I feel like every episode of Rugrats for a period of time just opened with one of those close ups. It's just like and you need to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think that was maybe the, the dividing line that you can kind of tell between the first batch of episodes and the second that the first batch was. And I mean this in a, in a very like loving way was uglier. And like, this was very, <laughs> yeah. very much that. Yes. The animation style, too, changed a lot, like especially if you look at really like later episodes or the movies, Mm. you compare that with the intro. It looks like so different. It's almost like looking at like original Simpsons episodes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, same studio for that first season. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And I mean, we skipped right over the, the the intro and the theme song, which I think is honestly still unimpeachable, like perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect introduction, like the intro, introducing, uh, mm-hmm. introducing, <laughs> introducing all the characters. I can words uh, with the, the little like robot cat, which I assume was supposed to represent the fact that Stu is like an inventor. I think so. I, I don't know I that don't you ever, you see, ever that. see that again. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. But you see, he does make other inventions. So. Yep. So this is an artistic close up of what we later find out to be Angelica in her car seat, making just a giant mess of matzah and borscht in the back of her dad's minivan. She's not even eating them. She's just pouring borscht on one at a time and smashing them. Yeah, I I was wondering what it was. I couldn't see that clearly. I'm like, is she putting like jam on it? And I actually looked up, I read an article that was like fact-checking Rugrats Passover, and it was a bad article. I'm not convinced it was written by a Jewish person. <laughs> oh, no. But it had a clo- it had a still of her with the jar, and I said, oh, it says borscht on the jar. Yes. And then below it, the caption was, Angelica pours jam on some matzah. And I'm like, all right, why am I reading this article? It's right. oh. Wait, that was the screen they did? And they captioned yeah. <laughs> it. Was, the word borscht was right there, and then they wrote jam. So, Well, there's your first clue. Like, first off, borscht is not, I mean, you, they kind of get into it later, like that, you know, where the deity's family is from is like sort of Eastern European. But like, I did not grow up with borscht as a Passover thing or really in anything. 
Uh, I mean, uh, Boris is Russian and uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Minka's Lithuanian. I don't know if people oh, in Boris are Lithuania, but okay. I didn't until today. I did. Look hey, <laughs> I was wondering if the town names that they gave were real towns yep. or if they made up towns to avoid officially saying where they were from. No, but they used real, real places. Okay. So Angelica's parents are oblivious because dad's busy driving and mom is on the phone, which we take for granted now. But it's 1995. The only other people I saw with a cell phone in 95 were in Clueless. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Angelica's mom is a very big deal business lady. She is addressing someone on the phone as your highness. So, you know, she's doing big deals. Oh, yeah. We'll get back to that in a minute. But uh, I want to talk about the voice cast because... Listening back to the Hanukkah episode you and I did, Sarah, one thing we really didn't touch on was the voice cast. We mentioned Tommy's voice is E.G. Daly, whom at the time I knew from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But that's it. So I want to give the rest of the cast their due this time, starting with the first voice we hear, Angelica's mother, Charlotte. It's Tress McNeil. Uh, Of course. Passover, Your Highness. It's a Jewish holiday. It's hard to explain. Actually, I guess it's about freedom. Oh, no, Your Highness, that's not a dig at monarchy. I'm, like, mad I didn't recognize that. I mean, I think it's because when I watched the show as a kid, I wasn't listening for recognizable voices. And so when I heard her voice, I went, yes, that's Angelica's mom's voice. But (laughs) now that I'm hearing it in my head, of course it's Tress McNeil. Yeah, like, it's one of those things I connected much, much, much later in life. But That's amazing. She's come up a few times on the podcast. I think the last time I talked about her, she was some random kid in an episode of Batman, the animated series. I bet she's got a lot of IMDb credits or some random kid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. To be clear, I didn't know it was Tress McNeil. The of course was just like, yeah, of course it is. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. (laughs) I've listened to the show enough times where it's like she just pops up places. I just missed that one, I guess. And maybe (laughs) maybe I don't know if the role change to answer something. But yeah, I. uh, I am not surprised to see that she um, she's somewhere in this episode, too. Not at all. So Charlotte is trying to explain Passover over the phone to potential business partner, the Sultan of Brunei, an actual person. I'm not sure which is less likely the real life Sultan of Brunei not knowing about Passover or that he's doing business with a woman CEO in the 90s. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm touching my nose going like, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. I did. I was really curious. Um, I was like, how is there still a Sultan of Brunei? Was there a Sultan of Brunei in the 90s? Not only is there still a Sultan of Brunei, it's the same guy that Charlotte would have been talking to in 95. The same guy since the 1960s. Yeah. But uh, Brunei, for the unfamiliar, is on the Southeast Asian island of Borneo. They've had the same sultan since the 60s. You know what Brunei doesn't have? Synagogues. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know. I I mean, also, uh, the only pictures of that guy on the internet look like they're at least 40 years old. I was like, this guy's been sultan since the 60s. Unless he became sultan when he was like 14. They are purposefully hiding photos of him now because they don't want people to know how old he is. I don't know. No, I think that's exactly what's happening. What are they going to do about it? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, it does seem a little uh, odd that the Sultan of Brunei would be doing, would be this hands on, you know, with the business. Yeah, Uh, But he does angrily hang up with Charlotte after she yells at Angelica for throwing borscht soaked matzah around the car. You know, speaking of the borscht, though, this is something that does always annoy me in 
Hanukkah specials. And uh, it's the things that generally annoy me when people do Judaism on TV. Not a lot of them in Regrets. They're mostly good. But it's why would they, why would this, this couple be bringing matzah or borscht? They would not be bringing those things like Minka right. probably would already have plenty of matzah or Didi would be bringing it. It's just, it's very weird to assign uh, people who are not Jewish to bring specifically Jewish things. I'm just saying. Yeah. The jarred borscht, especially, I know I'm harping on that, but like that <laughs> feels, that feels like, you know, apple pie filling on Thanksgiving where it's like, if, if, it, if you are a, Doing a Friendsgiving or whatever, sure. But, like, you're going to your grandparents' place. I'm sure they got a recipe. Yeah. Right. Matzah, I will defend as, like, at least an easy one to pick up. It's in the box, it's in display. Uh, I thought you were heading towards, like, uh, mismatching the holidays or whatever, because Rugrats is good about that. But literally, um, like, this year, I was talking to some friends, and I'm hearing more than previous years about, like, genteel friends going to seders just as part of the you know oh i've got jewish friends that are having a seder and i'm coming too and that's great one of them was like oh we're making latkes and on the one hand that's great but also whose idea was that i mean latkes are delicious i guess there's a reason you can't make them but it is a little odd it's a little mismatch it's it's a little like bringing a pumpkin pie to a fourth of july party like it's it's not that you can't do it (laughs) It's just a little weird. Well, with the added thing that latkes have a significance to Hanukkah that they don't have for Passover. Also, you yeah. those latkes better be made with matzo meal and not flour. Just I, I I am not going to check on this. <laughs> no, please don't for your own health. <laughs> yeah, as a Gentile, those are the foods that I associate with those holidays. You mentioned Passover, and so it's like, oh, matzo. That's a part of that. So maybe that's why. This seems like something Charlotte was like, well, we got to bring something. What do they have at Passover? Matzah. We got to bring that. That's fair. Yeah. She might have yeah. picked up of her own accord. I honestly would not trust Charlotte to pick up the right kind of matzah because I don't know. It's hard to tell exactly how observant Boris and Minka are, but there is Passover, not kosher for Passover matzah. It exists. Really? For the rest of the year. Oh, OK. I was about yeah. to be like, why? Oh, yeah. Okay. For people to eat the rest of the year, yeah. like usually there's not there might still be some around on a shelf at the time of Passover uh, and you just have to be careful. That's not not the one. Right. Also, they have like flavored ones for funsies, have, like, yeah. you know, uh, like everything bagel matzah or whatever. Ooh. And a very traditional family would be like, no, no, not bring that to our Passover <laughs> Seder. Yeah. No, anything you. that's anything that's not a flesh tone color is like. <laughs> not welcome at any particular seder I've been to. Oh, unless you're doing like the like fancy shmura matzah that's it's always sort of like it looks like it's made of whole wheat and then it's it's like burned. It's got burn spots. I don't know yep. if you've ever been to a seder that was like we, we bought the fancy expensive matzah. OK, I have been to one actual seder. I was around 11, so I only remember bits of it. And I say actual Seder because I also remember learning about it in high school, but A, it was a Catholic high school, and B, it was during the day. So that doesn't count. No. <laughs> no, there are, I, I have heard that there are Christian Seders, like Christian people will put on Seders. And oh. Okay. But I wouldn't, if someone told me, oh yeah, I've been to a Seder, and then I found out it was a Christian one, I'd be like, okay, but you haven't been to a real Seder. <laughs> no, that was for educational purposes. That doesn't count, yeah. but. Totally different. I was at one legit one when I was around 11. I don't remember a lot of details about it, but 
I pick up bits and pieces. But, uh, the voice of Angelica is Cheryl Chase. I don't see why we have to go over there anyway. They're Tommy's grandma and grandpa, not mine. Who was also a voice on another big Nickelodeon show, Noozles. You remember Noozles? No. <laughs> no. It was like an anime thing that they brought over when Japan got really obsessed with koalas. She was the voice of Pinky, who was kind of a flying koala, and they were oh. from another dimension called Koala Walla Land. I didn't remember that was what it was called. It's like a pink and a blue koala? Yep. Yes. So she was the pink one. Is that the one where the koalas like befriend a human child? Yes. Is that the one where the koalas live in like a... Okay. Because there's also the show with the uh, with the koalas like wear clothes and are people. Right. That's called The Adventures of the Little Koala. Yeah. I just know it is the one where the oh. theme song says, look up there way up high. Koalas, koalas and balloons. And balloons. Yeah. <laughs> that does not have a holiday episode, sadly. If it did, oh, I'd be on it. Tragic. Tragic. And also, Cheryl Chase, this one made me laugh. In the movie Adam's Family Values... She provided the babbling voice of baby pubert. Oh, <laughs> so, that is a delightful credit. Uh, <laughs> I want to I want to suddenly find out that this woman has done like baby noises in like a hundred different movies. She's she is to babies what Frank Welker is to animals or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And quite E.G. Daly's done quite a few babies besides Rugrats, but. Well, she's not a baby. Don't don't you dare call Angelica a baby. <laughs> well, no, that is, she did Tommy, but uh, oh, yeah, no, oops. yeah, I was getting them crossed. Back for uh, a second, you were uh, no, 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 no. Use some fighting words there. Oh no, oh no. There's <laughs> there's a line later in this episode. They draw a line. Very clear one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a visual line. I did notice, no. like when when I guess I'm jumping ahead, but when uh, Tommy takes his hat off and shows that he has no hair that seems to be what makes him go oh my gosh you're a baby but like chucky has hair chucky's got a full head of hair frequently other babies are walking around with full heads of hair it's yeah not like- a lot more than the usual the purple hair too yeah again we're getting ahead of ourselves but yeah, yeah. yeah no. sorry so uh one more voice i want to talk about here angelica's dad drew is voiced by michael bell another legendary voice actor passover is a very meaningful holiday a holiday are there presents well no he also voices Chucky's dad, Chaz. Oh. Uh, but more importantly, most importantly, he's the voice of Grandpa Boris. For your information, these are my father's wine glasses. They came all the way from Smolensk. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I would not guess that all three were voiced by the same guy. That's amazing. Well, again, Michael Bell's been so, so, so many voices. We brought him up a bunch in the podcast. I had to look up when was the last time I talked about Michael Bell. It was an episode of Rubik the Amazing Cube, which unfortunately he was doing his best not to sound completely terrible while voicing a Mexican teenage boy. But Ooh, my. 1982. Yeah. Yikes. So. Now, much less problematic to voice an old Yiddish man. Yeah. Well, I, Michael Bell is Jewish. That's what I was going to ask next is like, that's one of my things that I always ask with when shows do a Jewish episode. Uh, Although Rugrats obviously did more than one because uh, Boris and Minka were in, you know, they weren't only in the Hanukkah and the Passover episodes. No, that would have been that would have been annoying. But yeah, they're, they're very present. Yeah. All of the voice actors who need to be Jewish in the series are from what I can tell. That is uh, that is uh, like top tier, uh, like a plus 
check mark for a Jewish episode of a show. Absolutely. Are the Jewish characters actually played by Jews. <laughs> yep. So they're on their way to Boris and Minka's house. But as Angelica points out, they're not even her grandparents. They're Thomas. <laughs> yeah. They're Dee Dee's parents. But they invited Drew and his family over to the Seder, which was nice of them. Yeah, they uh, they didn't have apparently any other Jewish friends. So they just invited the main characters of the show. Yes. How convenient. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> So Angelica doesn't know anything about the holiday and asks her parents if there are presents. And her mom explains Passover is about something more important than presents. It's about freedom. Freedom? You mean like when you can do whatever you want and no one can tell you not to? Well, sort of. I pray, I pray! <sighs> you think that Charlotte would know better than to say that to her child? You would think. <laughs> She would know Angelica at least. Well, I know she's not the most present parent, but you think she would know at least enough about her child not to go like, yes, honey, no one can (laughs) tell you what to do. Like she, Angelica already believes that this is, is true or should be the case at the very least. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And this, this like Passover is about freedom. I think is probably, it's a good quick little lesson for a Nickelodeon show. And it's like technically accurate in a sense. Um, But like all there's a famous uh, chart that circulates every now and again. That's that's basically that all Jewish holidays are about four things. <laughs> I've seen this. Have you seen you guys have seen this? The um, oh, yeah. They, yeah. They tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. And then trees. Yeah, um, just trees are great. Yeah. <laughs> all holidays take at least one of those boxes. Def- definitely was not a holiday. Like as as uh, growing up, I was raised where it's like it's about freedom. It's like, no, it's about penitence and it's about remembering. It's about, you know, this this great thing that happened. Yeah. It's about this could happen again. It could happen again. Yeah. Yeah. It did and it will. Um, There's a message of we should appreciate that we are free at the present. You know, there's yeah. the reclining at the table and all mm-hmm. that because we're free. Uh, but yeah, when I was growing up, definitely the the vibe was much more. We are thinking about how much it sucked in the past so we don't forget that this could happen at any time. Da, 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 da. Remember that we suffered. <laughs> So also on the way to Boris and Minka's, and also complaining about the lack of presence during Passover, is Stu, a grown adult man. Yeah, wow. I I did not remember Stu being this much of a little... Wait, can, am I allowed to cuss on this show, or would you prefer not to? Go for it. I didn't remember Stu being this much of a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. I kind of low-key remember... I remembered Stu being kind of cranky, but I also kind of remembered him being sort of a wife guy, but clearly not. He is just being openly hostile to his wife's religion and culture. Yeah, no, he's a big giant man baby in this whole episode because <sighs> his Passover's boring. Yeah, and he doesn't learn his lesson by the end. No. I was waiting for the moment when he goes, I'm sorry, Dee Dee, you're right. I should have been respectful to your holiday. Nope. That doesn't happen. He learns nothing. Nope. Deed, are you sure this whole ceremony is really necessary? It's so boring. Passover isn't boring. It's a very meaningful holiday. Well, if it's so meaningful, how come there's no presents? Uh, the voice of Stu is Jack Riley, a.k.a. the country croc guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can remember any country croc epi- er, episodes. I, no, <laughs> I remember this specifically that, yeah. Yep. He, like, I remember, I think that was maybe the first, we're like digging in my memory. This might be the first time. I recognized a voice across properties was like, that's the same voice as like the dad from Rograts. I guess seeing that commercial. Okay. I will look this up later. Oh yeah. It's very, it's the same exact same voice. The same voice. 
Belize, for me, as a podcast fan who always is driven to distraction when people talk about things like this, please drop in a little clip of him talking about country crock here. I got a problem. Poor baby. Yeah, watch. Well, I've got a solution. Country crock spreadable sticks. Yeah, they spread easy, straight from the fridge. Very spreadable. Very edible. New country crock spreadable sticks spread easy, straight from the fridge. Beautiful. Uh, and I've actually mentioned Jack Riley on the podcast twice. He was the dad in the Christmas toy. Oh. Uh, and in the special, the Halloween that almost wasn't, he was the werewolf. I don't think I've seen that one. Definitely seen the Christmas toy. You need to watch the Halloween that almost wasn't. That's the one where Judd Hirsch is Dracula. What? I was doing a little like uh, space work, which is great on a podcast where I was pretending to make a note without a pen in my hand. But then I got distracted from my space work by the idea of Judd Hirsch playing Dracula. It's like a top three Count Dracula performance for me. That is. I love Judd Hirsch so much. It's it, it's so good. It's so good. And I've done an episode on it. Yeah. This episode would be more Jewish if Judd Hirsch was on it. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Uh, and the voices of Dee Dee and Minka is Melanie Chardoff. Stu, the Passover Seder is a time for Jewish families to come together and retell the history of their people. We've been doing it for thousands of years. Who I also know, she was the principal from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh, I've never actually seen that. But I'm positive that I have heard her voice in a thing and gone, is that Dee Dee? Like, I'm, um, I'm sure it's happened. Sure, yeah. Can't remember what it was, though. But yeah, definitely a couple actors out there where they didn't have too many voice roles and just did their voice. And then, you know, they pop up anything else. It's just, oh, and then to IMDb we go. Yep, yeah, basically. Going <laughs> <laughs> to be here for the next hour. Or people who have like, they can do three voices <laughs> and they do them. <laughs> <laughs> but as I mentioned, she, Michael Bell and E.G. Daly, all Jewish. So Boris, Minka, Didi and Tommy, all well represented. Yay. Good job, Rugrats. Put down your pitchforks, America. <laughs> there it is. And uh, I did see something on the Internet about the president of Nickelodeon at the time was Jewish. Um, when this episode first aired, some people complained that Boris and Minka were too caricature-ish. I saw that. And it, the article I read said the some head of Nickelodeon, someone at the top of Nickelodeon was like, I am Jewish and I disagree with you. And then later, when another like a comic strip was published somewhere with Boris in it, people were like, again, this is a caricature. But the new president or whatever at the time was not Jewish. And he said, I, I'm sorry, we will never air this character again. I'm like, was that the solution oh, that we wanted? No. That, to be fair, that comic strip was worse. I found it. Oh, yeah. The joke is that. Have you seen it? No. No. OK, the the, the joke is or I'll, I'll very quickly recap it. Uh, Tommy is being held by Boris. Boris is saying some words in Hebrew um, and Jewish you know, services being very call and response. The joke is, wow, this is a great story. Everyone knows the words. The problem was the words that Boris was saying were the mortars Scottish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not Explain for me, please. That's a prayer you say at funerals that I recently butchered <laughs> at a funeral. No. Um, so it just was like, it was a very like... If you're doing a cutesy Rugrats joke, that's maybe not the prayer that you use. Very incongruous to the to the tone. It was just very odd to see. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah. So not, not, it could be worse, but it was obviously like, I, I don't think a Jewish person made that call. Somebody copied and pasted some Hebrew in there. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. But 
No, from what I could read, the animators and the voice actors were all and the producers and everybody involved were just like we modeled Boris and Minka off our grandparents, off of that generation. Seems to be across the board. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I did not find and as a child, I didn't think that the I was excited only that these like, oh, my gosh, people, my people are being represented on, on television. <laughs> right. Like this, this guy kind of looks like my grandpa, you know. OK, well, and we cut to Boris and Minka's house now where those two are arguing about which wine glasses to use. Minka wants to use her mother's old set. Boris wants to use his father's old set. Why do we always have to do things your way, Mr. Big Shot? Because my way is right, that's why. Yes. If you don't do the Seder my way, then I wash my hands of the whole thing. Better you should wash your father's spotty glass way. That's it. But did he wash his hands of the whole thing three times? <laughs> <laughs> but um, little Seder joke there. So. I got that one. Oh, good. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> good job, Mike. I'm patting your head from across the country. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> Across outside the Passover story itself, though, this whole episode is just men throwing fits, though. It is a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Just grown ass men not uh, being mad that they're not getting their way. Yep. So Angelica and her family arrive first. And before they can even get into the door, she's asking her parents for a cookie and is distraught to learn on Passover that they can't eat anything with bread in it. But she says cookies don't have bread in them. Yeah. Right. Which was the problem I always had as a child trying to explain to my friends what I couldn't eat. Because no one ever just explained to me what leavening was when I was a child. They just went, these are the kinds of things that we don't eat. And I was trying to explain to my friends, oh. like, we can't eat anything that has, like, yeast in it. And they'd be like, well, cookies don't have yeast in them. And I'm like, that's true. But I know we can't eat cookies either. How do I? I don't know how to explain. what I don't know. No one ever just straight up tried to explain leavening to me. I sort of generally crocked it as like a chewy, crunchy situation, but then even still like, yeah, like that's not, that is not a perfect rule by any means. No, <laughs> it's a squiggly line. Yeah. Well, and then it can, it gets only more confusing if uh, I, I imagine even for, uh, especially for non-Jews, if they talk to different people who have different traditions, because like some people don't eat any grains at all. Uh, some people don't eat like beans beans or uh yeah um there's there's a two categories and i hope no jewish person is listening to this who's gonna be like wow you got that wrong you're a terrible jew i was raised reform <laughs> give me a break but there's uh kitniot is like includes beans and rice and some other grains uh and then um oh no the the much more common word just jumped out of my brain zach Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm even more reformed than you. I'm so sorry. Um, I did not even go to, like, we'll get into it. I didn't even go to Hebrew school. Like, <gasps> we're going to get into, like, my challenges in terms of my thought. Like, there there was some stuff during uh, during the ceremony that I, during the Seder, the Seder ceremony. My God, what have I become? Uh, <laughs> during the Seder that I really related to. Um, we'll get to that. But yeah, I'm not... Again, except for that time I lived in I lived in Oklahoma and had to be ambassador of all Jewish people. I'm not up on <laughs> Hebrew or terminology. Um, I, it's it's more a culture for me, and I am of no help to you. Sorry. I hope that while you were t saying that whole thing, I would remember comets, comets. 
What? That Hamas, yeah, that one oh, I know. Okay. That one I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now that wasn't me actually being a bad dude. That was genuinely my brain. Just sometimes you forget a word. Okay. So Hamas, and that word I know. I wasn't yeah. a poet, but I know it. Hamas is leavened things. Kidney oat covers a, a broader thing. Anyway, some people just I I grew up just not eating comets, but uh, yeah, I I've, I've met people who don't eat kidney oat either, and I'm like that just I'm not gonna yuck your yum, <laughs> but also uh, that seems like it's going too far. All right, well I'll stop I'll stop judging other Jews while well, I ask not to be judged. <laughs> <laughs> I know the word comets because I've seen. Orthodox Jews on the side of the road nearby trying to get rid of things because they can't even have it in their house. Oh, yeah. yeah. That I remember. Growing up, we definitely put just st- put stuff in the freezer. Okay. No, they, they had just like crates of things that they were trying to sell, I guess, to anybody who would have them. Oh. So they're on the. Yeah. No, it was it was a big thing. I remember. I don't even remember where this is from. Maybe like a preschool or something or like school. But like. Um, there was a, yeah, there was a part of, Hey, it's the start of Passover, putting all the summits in a pile and just like, it's going to go away. Um, I, I was going to, I don't think it was burnt or anything, but I think it was just like, um, same sort of like, we got to get rid of it. We can't, got to get rid of it. So that's part of it for some people. Yeah. We put it in the freezer that was in the garage. So it wasn't in, okay. it wasn't in the house house. No, you know? garage doesn't count as a house. <laughs> if it's not in an air conditioned room, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sweetie, I live in Seattle. <laughs> we don't have air conditioned rooms. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's not heated. heated that's I the, guess. that's yeah. the version. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you're from Florida without telling me you're from Florida. You know what I'm saying? Aha! <laughs> I, ju- I just make a string and I put the, put it outside the string and we're good. There there it is. Is. <laughs> I think it's if you put a, 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 a ring of salt around your house or is that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> good times. <laughs> So Tommy's family arrives next, and Minka tells her daughter that Boris ran away from her. And Stu, instead of being concerned about his wife's father, chuckles to himself, oh, looks like the satyr's off. I know. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> but he's bad at whispering, so Didi immediately turns around, the satyr is not off. Yeah, like... <sighs> he tries to redeem himself later by saying, oh, too bad about your father, Didi. No one grinds gefilte fish like Boris. That... Okay, as much as I've I've exposed myself as lacking some of the depth with like, oh man, I don't know about Borsch or whatever. The actual grinding of gefilte fish is insane to me. That stuff comes in a jar. It has always come <laughs> well, from a jar. Yeah. Nobody, I have never even heard of somebody making it themselves. I have had scratch gefilte fish before. Go on. Um, <laughs> And it's better than the stuff from a jar. But no, growing up, it was always from a jar. In fact, uh, when my mom would serve it, she would have a nice platter with like some lettuce and then the little gefilte fish kind of fillets or whatever, like laid out in a circle. And in the center, a nice china dish full of the jelly from the jar because my grandfather liked to eat the jelly. (laughs) Nobody else did. My grandfather would be, you know, he he's like, it's not the same if you can't have some of the jelly with it. We always paired it with chopped liver for some reason. I thought that's where you're going. That is so much wilder. Yeah. Oh, we had chopped liver, too, for sure. Yeah, but, of course. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't eat it because I was a picky eater. But 
No, but the the problem with that, I feel that that was a little close to dinner time to be just grinding up the fish. And also because it's a cartoon, there was like whole fish. Yeah. Like, we don't, yeah. No, you don't grind right. up like the bones and the scales and the eyes and stuff. No, no. This is the Passover equivalent of a Christmas special. And they're putting up the tree three days before. Because, yeah. well, we got to show them doing it. Yeah, exactly. There's okay. a lot of things in this where my brain went like, no, wrong. And then I went, wrong enough for a kid's cartoon, though. We let it go. The, yeah. the, it's the freedom thing again of like, that's not, you know, it's fine. No, they need the visual. <laughs> that's a very accurate way that a Gentile might describe it to a child, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. OK, I'll, I'll give him that as accurate. <laughs> there you go. He says, nobody grinds gefilte fish like Boris. And the mere mention of Boris's name brings poor Minka to tears. Boris! Still. Oh, poor Minka with her stockings falling down. Oh, yeah. That's, that's going to happen a couple more times. But right around here is where Chucky and his dad Chaz arrive. Chaz thanks Dee Dee for inviting them and says, Well, anyway, it was very nice of you to include Chucky in the other festivities tonight. We're not really Jewish, you know. Actually, we're not really anything. Which I think was rather progressive for a 90s cartoon for children. Yeah, it's sort of delivered like it's a joke because it's the end of the sentence. It's like, the, or the end of the scene. Right. It's like, I was like, was that supposed to be a joke? Like, haha, these guys are so such nerds that they they don't have a religion. I don't know. I was trying to figure out, like, is this a joke or is it just? It sounded like it was so in passing to me. The characters are like too much, like too cowardly to commit to any sort of single fame. Yeah, um, <laughs> could be that too. <laughs> That's jazz. I will say, um, this is probably the first time I've like, uh, like watching for this, I affirmatively realized Chucky is not Jewish. Oh, okay. Um, Finster to me, code like in the same way that like Skeeter codes as African American to a lot of people on Doug. Like okay, yeah. Chucky, Finster, Redhead, nervous, anxious, like all of that is like, oh yeah, no, he's supposed to be the Jewish character. I get it. And then no, the main character is Jewish. Very progressive rugrats. Very progressive. You know what's funny is that I I don't know that I ever thought that Chucky was Jewish, but when Chaz first walked in, and this is the first time I have watched a Rugrats episode since whenever was the last time I was on this show, uh, which has <laughs> been a few years. But yeah. I I had this moment of going, wait, who is Chaz? Is how is he related to this group? They're not. They're friends or yeah, neighbors just, or something. They're yeah, that's I had to it took a surprisingly long time to look up this information. It was not on the Rugrats, you know, fandom wiki, which nope. It had a lot of other information about him, but not that. Uh, he and Stu are childhood friends. Oh, okay. Phil and Lil are next door neighbors or something like that. But I I did have a moment of going like, okay, Stu and Drew are brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, is Chaz also a pickle brother? No, their last name is something different. Nope. Wait, who the hell was Chaz married to? Was was Chucky's mom? No, just, just friend of the family. Yep. Just look, we have kids the same age. Let's do play dates all the time. Yeah, which totally makes sense. And they were childhood friends, but also like, I, I never thought about it before, but you really have like a kind of chosen family situation uh, going on. Yeah, you do. Although I, I, I did note that Phil and Lil and uh, whatever their mom's name is that I'm Betty. blanking on, Betty, they were not invited to the Seder. They were not. I wonder if it was just because they felt like it was too many characters and they didn't want to have to deal with everybody. Maybe. 
They didn't want to do that door joke five more times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get, get there. We'll get there. But yes, yeah. yeah. We will. They knew they were going to have Phil and Lil in the Passover story part. So yes. they were like, yeah, we'll just leave them out of them. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, uh, Chucky goes to the living room, play pen with Tommy. Boy, Tommy, all your grandma and grandpa have his old people toys. The voice of Chucky is Christine Cavanaugh, who is also well known as another short cartoon redhead with glasses, Dexter. Oh my God, really? Same voice. Again, not something I knew. That one kind of clicks as well. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah, kind of the same voice. Yeah, like obviously one's Russian, but you know. Right. Uh, even more fun, she was the voice of Babe the Pig. That I did not know. Oh my God, that one clicks immediately. Like, I don't think, I didn't know that, but I'm like, oh yeah. As soon as you think about it, oh yeah. Just slightly less nasal. Right. Chucky, but slightly less nasal. And Christine Cavanaugh was also, she had a bit part in Salute Your Shorts. She was Ugg's girlfriend. Oh, okay. You can't really <laughs> hear the voice like you can with Babe, but. I don't remember Ugg ever having a girlfriend, but I believe you. Ugg's girlfriend shows up at one point. Maybe she delivers the mail or something. She has some sort of job that brings her to Camp Anawana, and I don't remember what it is. But I remember they have like an awkward like kissing face with their lips. It's so silly. All right. Sounds about right. Yeah. So Chucky's complaining that Tommy's grandparents only have old people toys, but Tommy tells him they have better toys upstairs in the addict. Classic. And there's our first babyism. Classic babyism. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tommy does not have his trusty screwdriver to escape the playpen. He left it in his other diaper, which I hope means it got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't that's that don't think about that one too hard, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a gag on I left it in my other pants. Don't don't go yeah. too far with it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. They don't they're they're not doing cloth diapers in this show. They're throwing them out. Yeah, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. No, none of those. No, you see him throw them out all the time. But to their surprise, Angelica just lets him out of the playpen and <gasps> When what? Tommy asks why she's being so nice, she explains, don't you know, Passover's all about freedom. And besides, there's toys in it for me. <laughs> nice to see that uh, Angelica was in, imbued with the Passover spirit, but also still true to type. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, back at the dining room, Charlotte is on the phone with her assistant, Jonathan, to try and salvage the Sultan deal. And she tells him when the Sultan accepts call her on her beeper, and then send the signed contract to her Carfax. The 90s. <laughs> Get it? She's a businesswoman. Yeah, kids, that used to mean you were rich. Now it means you're old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having a fax at all. <laughs> having yeah. a beeper. <laughs> having a beeper, not being a, a surgeon, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, that's, that is... Uh, that is the whole suite. That is the cutting edge of of that era. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and having the yeah Jonathan, who I think appears in like one or two episodes, he um, does. But otherwise, he is just the Steiny get me a Danish uh, character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The voice on the phone. I was thinking the the Diane. Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Twin Peaks. No, I I got you. Yep. Well, since Boris is still in parts unknown, Didi appoints Stu to lead the Seder, and Drew tells him to be a man and stop complaining. Interestingly, Stu, Drew, and Chaz are all wearing kippas. Mm-hmm. I don't remember wearing one when I went, but how common is it for a Gentile guest to be offered one? 
I think that would depend on the household. Okay. Um, how observant the household was, or you know, somebody might like acquire one and wear it. Be like, look, I got one of those little hats. <laughs> oh, <no>. you know? <laughs> I like absolutely believe that it, some Gentile people would do that to be like, hey, look. That explains Drew more than it does Chaz. I'll say that. Mm, I'll say a lot of the ones I've been to as well are recent, like as an adult, because, you know, mostly I'm not the one putting it on. Like um, sometimes there will just be a couple of them up front and uh, put it on. I certainly don't carry one with me. Um, And if it's a friend of mine who's more conservative, um, they will have them at the ready. And I think last one I went to this year was pretty much all Jewish, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just put one on to fit in. Um, yeah. It's certainly not offensive. I don't, I don't think it's offensive by any means. Okay. No, no. I th- I would think it was kind of funny if someone was like, look, I got one. I'd be like, that would oh, be weird. Yeah. But they we didn't have, have to really. Or, but, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean like uh, uh, synagogues do traditionally have little cheap, you know, uh, flimsy fabric ones like in yeah. a bin by the door for you okay. to take as you enter. Um, that's very common. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen that at a person's house. Can't remember that ever. Yeah, it happened to me this year. They just I think they had like I think it was left over from a wedding. Um <laughs> Okay. So that they had a couple excess. Oh yeah. I still I still have one or two that have like somebody's bot mitzvah or bar mitzvah date oh, totally. stamped on the inside. Oh nice. My family wasn't that kind of rich. I didn't get vote <laughs> with my name in them. I also paused here to look at the table, and it looked like all the important pieces to a Seder are there, right down to the extra glass. Yeah, cup of Elijah. There was a Seder plate. Yeah, good work. There wasn't, like, uh, anything that there oughtn't be, like, a... No. uh, A Hanukkah or anything like that. (laughs) I did notice that in that article that I looked at that was, like, fact-checking the episode, it had a screenshot, and it commented on the same thing. There was a cup of Elijah. There was a Seder plate. And I was like, okay, look, I wouldn't have noticed this or mentioned it on this podcast, but this person is doing an article... They are going through the trouble, but they also didn't read the word borscht. So I'm not surprised they didn't <laughs> notice that in that screenshot they shared, the candles on the table have been lit and then blown out, which you would not have. Oh, Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah. Ceremonial candles for uh, Jewish purposes are burned all the way down. So you generally would not blow them out and, oh. then, and then use them again later. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Unless you are, uh, you know. Real, real hard up. I wouldn't judge someone who was like, "Yeah, I really can't afford candles every week for Shabbat, so I'm just gonna okay. pull them out." I wouldn't. I wouldn't judge a person if uh, if that was their reason. But I did think like, I don't think Minka would have been putting pre burnt candles on her seder table. Okay. No self respecting Jewish grandma would. Nope. Take that, Jewish President Nickelodeon, who yada yada yada. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also was like, that's such a small thing. And yeah. like, you can't expect every single one of the animators drawing every cell to, you know, necessarily know sure. each little detail. Uh, it's no. Shorthand, if you're drawing candles, you much more expect to draw one with a with a pre-burnt wick and a little bit of melted wax at the top than a fresh that's one. True. That's just yeah. Yeah. right. I'm not judging them, but I did feel the need to bring it up. So I don't know. Well, thank you. So now we head up to the addict, (laughs) which Chucky, of course, finds to be very scary. And his fears are confirmed when a shadowy figure yells, hey, at them. But surprise, it's Grandpa Boris. 
This is my favorite Chucky line in the episode. This place is really scary, Toby. No, it's not, Chucky. It's all in your mind. Well, my mind is a pretty scary place. And I'm like, buddy, I feel it. And I felt that, too. (laughs) Chucky is relatable. Sure is. But, But Boris is up here. He didn't run away. He just felt bad about yelling at his wife. Aww. So he went upstairs to find her wine glasses, which I guess is the point where I'm supposed to think, oh, see, he's a really sweet guy. But you know what's also sweet? Apologizing to your spouse first and then going to get her wine glasses. Uh, he probably thought it would be a nicer gesture if he should. have. Uh, why they put the wine glasses away in the attic, not just yeah. like in another room. is Right. A bit- but this is the point of the episode. Everyone needs to end up in the attic, so we will we'll let it yeah, you sure. don't get You don't get locked in the other room with the nice cabinet. No. <laughs> no that's it goes right. up in the yeah. attic makes more sense. Also, we have right. our first Yiddish alert of the episode. He calls the, the kids Kinderloch. Yes. Kinderloch, yes. Yeah, Boris accidentally locked himself up in the attic because the attic door doesn't open from the inside. And Angelica immediately goes, oh, it won't? Let me see. Slam. And here's the first of a running gag where Boris yells, Don't close the door! Classic. And I immediately thought of another Jewish icon, Sherry Lewis. That's how every episode of Lamb Chop's Play Along ended. Yep. You know, actually, I just realized the only two Yiddish moments that I caught, at least, are both in this little scene right here because he calls the kids Kinderloch and then when Angelica closes the door he says something that sounded to me like Achazerim Achazerim. which would mean like ugh pigs (laughs) which I don't think he was calling the kids pigs Um, I was really hoping I hope the other Jewish person in this episode knows more Yiddish than me and caught what that meant but Zach you look like you're you're, yeah you're shaking your head no I'm just happy to be here Uh (laughs) (laughs) my my only guess is that he meant to say chazere, which would be garbage. I've never heard someone use that as an expletive, like, like on nuts, but it would make more sense than pigs. Um, but I listened to it like five times and there's definitely an M or an N or the end at the end of that word. But that could have been Michael Bell. Michael is the Bell. Voice yeah. actor. That could have been Michael Bell just misremembering the word. He might have thrown that in. It might not have been in the script. You know, he might have been, oh, this is what my grandma used to say. Yeah, he might have ad-libbed it. So if uh, if anybody knows what he actually said, and it's neither of those things, yeah. please let me know. Yes. Thank you for reminding me of Lamb Shop, by the way, because I was trying to remember other Passover specials. I had this and the Prince of Egypt just in my head in terms of like pop depictions of Passover. Uh, right. Lamb Shop totally did Passover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did the Hanukkah uh, episode a few years ago. Oh, boy, did we. (laughs) That Hanukkah special is wild. It's very special in the sense that it's very long. (laughs) I very much remember it. And this is a sense memory from a long time ago. Yes. And go listen to that episode if you want to hear more about it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Or listen to what episode did I tell the follow up story where I met a guy who was one of the puppeteers? Was that on the Shalom Sesame episode, maybe? It must have been. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I kind of randomly while on tour ended up meeting one of the puppeteers for uh, who, who worked on that special, <laughs> yeah. among many other credits. He's done so much stuff. And I told him, like, I not too long ago, I, I did a podcast where we talked about it and I rewatched it for the first time since I was a kid. And boy, it was a lot longer than I remembered it being. And he said, yeah, it felt long while we were working. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever accidentally locked yourself in some room? 
a locker, yeah, because I was this is a JCC <laughs> camp where I got in a locker and they don't open from the inside. Oh no! Um, Ooh, oops. Oh no! That was pretty brief, but but you don't do it twice usually, right? Like, yeah, no, not not that size, and I don't think I've ever been. Maybe like yeah, like the the classic trope of like oh no the freezer oh no the the basement or whatever. I don't right. think so. I don't think so. I don't think doors work that way usually. No, why would you design a door like that? And if you found out that one of the doors in your house did that, then you might change something, change the the doorknob yeah. or something like that. So I mean, Boris or Minka must have done it in the past because he knows that about the door, right. and yet they never fixed it. Although, how many of us have seen something in our house and gone, oh, "I should really fix that," and then all the time years oh, pass totally. by. So, oh yeah, we won't judge Boris too much no. for not fixing the door. Nope, plot device. But <laughs> well, Angelica tells Boris, "You're not missing anything. This Passover is a really dumb holiday," and he says, "No, Passover is the greatest holiday of the year." Don't you know the story of Passover? No, she doesn't know. She's not your grandkid. Yeah. She's not. She's not Jewish, boy. No. She's three years old. That's right. <laughs> also, we forget that. We that. forget that. But yeah, we do like, forget that she's supposed to be three. Is that canonically? Yes. She's not. She's got to be like three or four. Yeah. Throughout the series. She feels older to me. She feels like five or six to me. But I don't know. I remember the number three for some reason. But I believe you. It's what stuck in my head. I think, man, kids look older when when you're younger, and then you look back and you're like, "That was a five year old." Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I guess she only needs to be older than she needs to still be young enough that she can understand the babies. So that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Well, we're about to get to the real reason why we're here, the Passover story. But first, we check back on Stu leading the seder, reading in a very bored voice from the Haggadah, which. If you're unfamiliar, is the script to the whole Seder, including the story of the Exodus, which we are getting to. But I did not realize until this year, getting my notes together for this episode, that it's not just one standard text and you can make a custom one. Oh, yeah. There's there's millions of them out there. Yeah. There's there's like certain key things that are traditionally included, but there is no official Correct, Agata. I found out this year that the coffee company Maxwell House makes a very popular one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, and they have for many, many for years. Like, That's, hundred uh, years now. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty key part of the business. Yeah, um, as well. And yeah, like I think growing up, maybe this happened a little bit, but definitely the one I was at this year, there was a fair bit of yada yada, and because there's like ones where there's whole like sort of dialogues from rabbis going like oh maybe this guy says this and this guy says this there's parts where like they discuss it and how it was passed on and the quickest you can get through that is like an hour and i people don't always come in realizing that wow yeah like if you're if you're following along i'd say easily minimum an hour maybe you can disagree with me on that but like oh um, there's a the 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 extra stuff can vary wildly from Haggadah to Haggadah. And the one that my family used when I was growing up was so old, it contained a prayer for Jews in the Soviet Union. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, we just tr- we just would always skip over that part. Um, but <laughs> okay, it was like, we hope that Jews in the Soviet Union will soon be able to openly uh, celebrate Passover. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a uh, it's an old one. 
So this year, actually, my uh, family used, we actually did it last year um, as well, uh, a new Haggadah that just came out a year or two ago. You can get it online um, and it's like free or suggested donation. You can get it as like an ebook and it's called a Haggadah of our own and it's designed to be inclusive. Nice. Um, all the prayers include four different versions, traditional, feminine, uh, humanist, and gender expansive or the four different versions of each prayer uh, of both the Hebrew and the English translations. Um, and yeah, it just had a lot of stuff. It improved, you know, my family Haggadah growing up talked about the, 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 the wise child, the wicked child, the, the, the different types of children. I remember that. You might need to teach mm -hmm. the Passover story to. And yeah, my, mine growing up was like, the wicked child is a little jerk and you should exclude him. It's just like, <laughs> tell the kid he doesn't belong to the family anymore and kick him out of the house is practically what it said. Nope. You had your chance, wicked child. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the kids is dumb. Pick the dumb kid right now out of the three and four. Yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would always grow up. I would always go to a Seder with. My younger sister and my older cousin were like the family unit. And like, yeah, first of three of us, the math doesn't work. And then second off, like, oh, God, one of us would be an idiot. Um. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this modern one has a much more like actually actionable approach to how you might teach Passover to different children. You know, anyway, I highly recommend it if anybody out there is looking for it. Uh, a Haggadah of our own. Just Google it. You'll be able to find yeah. it. Well, I'll put that in the show notes. I found a website yeah. that had a whole bunch of pop culture ones. There's one based on the show Shit's Creek. God There's damn. a Golden Girls Haggadah. I'm like, no, really? Mm -hmm. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no. The Carrie child I mean asks. <laughs> It's the I mean, the child. Yeah. <laughs> what everybody, everyone should have fun, I guess. But also, that seems wrong to me. That's a bit much. Okay. This feels related to the phenomenon of of more of my non Jewish friends going to seder's. I'm like, oh, is this? Oh God, are we commercializing Passover? Oh no. Uh... That seems a little too fun. I mean, it's it it doesn't have to be a depressing holiday, but it is somewhat solemn. Okay. It's like an ugly Hanukkah sweater. No. <laughs> Don't start. Yeah. Don't start. Right. Don't start. <laughs> no, but Stu is very boredly reading this green vegetable before us. What does it mean? Also, if he's leading the thing, is someone else supposed to be asking these questions? Well, I also did think like, okay, would they really ask Stu to lead the Seder? I mean, Minka might be old enough to be like, oh, I can't lead it. I'm a woman. But surely Dee Dee would be like, well, since dad's not here, I'll I'll do it. That's what I figured. Maybe she thought that making Stu do it would it, it could have been their intention was she thought, ah, I will force Stu to engage with the satyr by making oh. him lead it. But he's just ruining it for everybody else. Yes, he is. Yeah, because that's that's almost like, you know, until I realized how much of a jerk he was being, like what Stu meant by the satyrs canceled, because you really do need at least one person who knows the deal and who's into it and knows the the Hebrew and knows the story and is going enthusiastically through it and going, OK, you say this part or you say this part, because like, yeah, right. Yeah, you, it's a holiday that needs a leader. <laughs> Having a Gentile lead, especially Although presumably they've been doing this every year 
that he's been married to Dee Dee. So he's kind of acting like he's never heard this before. But right. I would not I would not make a Gentile who even had been to a handful of satyrs lead the satyr. Yeah, that just yeah. seems cruel. But I guess it was only the 90s that maybe Dee Dee just thought like, well, I can't lead it. I'm a woman. The head of the, the male head of the household has to do it. So in the absence of my dad, that's my husband. Sure. But she wants Stu to read with more emotion. It's it's like a table read and he should be reading it better. Yeah, Exactly my point. But Chaz takes the opportunity to go check on the kids, a thing no parent does as often as they should on this show. No. And now only for a plot device, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. When they sit down to start the Seder, I think Charlotte asks, where's Angelica? And Drew's like, oh, I don't know, playing with the other kids. And I'm like, why isn't there a kid's table? The kids should be there as well. The kitchen just be like off somewhere in the house. Like they're not going to be sitting at the main table. They're going to be sitting at their own table and maybe have crayons or something to to do so they don't they get too distracted. But the kids are supposed to be involved a little bit. That's what I thought. Not the babies, but Angelica is old enough to be involved. Although she's not Jewish, so maybe that's why. They- yeah, there's a specific part for kids. I mean, you know, everybody can get involved. That's true. Very true. Yeah, and this is the thing that Stu's reading right now. There's a specific part for children who aren't old to speak yet, even. Oh, really? That's one of the children, right? That's one of the children. The the child too young to ask. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I I did feel like, wait, the kids would be there, and I went, "Uh, it's a cartoon. (laughs) This is part of Rugrats, is that the kids go off and have adventures and nobody notices that they're gone. This is part of Rugrats. Let it go. No, this is one of the first times I remember a parent checking on the kids. Chaz is a lot more surprised than we are to find, oh, no, my son's missing from the playpen. Yeah. It got a nod again. Although he says not, not again, again yeah. which classic regret stuff. <laughs> Only being yeah. what, I guess this is episode, what, 80? It's like, oh, this is like the uh, 70th time it's happened. <laughs> right. So now we're back in the attic and Boris begins to tell the kids the story of the Egyptians and the Hebrews. Many thousands of years ago, there lived a people called the Egyptians. They were very powerful and built all kinds of beautiful cities and buildings. Uh-huh. But there also lived in Egypt the Jewish people, the Hebrews. At first, they all lived happily together, side by side. I thought you said this was an exciting story. It gets better. And Angelica is not on board until Boris mentions the Pharaoh who was kind of like a king, he explains. She asks, could this king be maybe a queen instead? Sure, why not? (laughs) So we finally get to the fake history part of the episode. Yep. Where Angelica is playing the part of the pharaoh, feeding herself grapes on a boat. Yeah, having a great time, loving having slaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when she passes by a baby in a basket, and it's Tommy who introduces himself. Hi, I'm Moses. Pleased to meet you. I'm Pharaoh. <laughs> Perfectly cast. Uh, he needed to be a baby in a basket. He was a baby in a basket. I don't know what else you want. Boom. The most accurate part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with an old Nintendo game called Bible Adventures? Absolutely not. Didn't think so. <laughs> no of it. No, it's a thing. Yeah. Oh, never heard of it. It's this unlicensed game where in one of the levels you control baby Moses's sister, Miriam, who, by the way, absent from this episode yeah. because you don't need her. But <laughs> you have to carry baby Moses in the basket to the end of the level without dropping the baby, which 
you could accidentally toss him aside, continue with the end of the level, accidentally drop him in the river, and all the game does is good work, but you forgot baby Moses, and that's it. <laughs> you did a great aside from forgetting the main character of this story. Right. You just, yeah, <laughs> broke the timeline forever, but eh, yeah. let's move on. Amazing. Yeah, they uh, they cut out a number of characters like uh, Aaron and um, the the, yeah. the Pharaoh's daughter, who's supposed to be the one who actually finds Moses. But you know, it's pretty traditional when adapting a uh, you know literature to the screen to combine characters. So you know, it's pretty sure pretty par for the course. Yeah, and in this one, it's it's Pharaoh Angelica who invites Moses aboard her ship, mm-hmm. no questions asked to a baby who happens to be floating down the river where she just told the Hebrews to drown their male babies. No, it's fine. Come on, I'll show you around. Yeah, the idea that the the, the Pharaoh didn't know that Moses was a Hebrew is already like a questionable uh, part of the story. But th- we're supposed to believe that Angelica doesn't know that uh, the Tommy or the Moses is a baby when he was literally a baby in a basket in a diaper. <laughs> yeah. The fact that Angelica, that Pharaoh Angelica does not know that Mo, quote unquote Moses is a quote unquote baby is like, sure, we'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now she takes him to her palace, which is adorned with multiple statues of sphinxes with Angelica's face. Yeah. Damn right. Classic. Yep. I can't imagine an Egyptian watching this. I mean, this is layers and layers of cliche already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, Boris says there used to be a people called the Egyptians. And I'm like, "Eh, I mean, it's still a place. (laughs) Got some news for you, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) They're still around. Yeah. Not quite like this. She's got her palace also has a checkerboard tile floor. Look like straight out of the Queen of Hearts, but close enough. Yeah, man. I think this this depiction of ancient Egypt was probably more informed by like the uh, Liz Taylor Cleopatra than any actual history. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Plus a little bit of the uh, the classic. Oh, they lived in the ruins for good measure of like, yeah, they lived. Right. Yeah. You know, it, there were pyramids. It's all busted up because, you know, <laughs> yeah. all weathered, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how we built them. Uh, She takes Moses to see her latest project, and we cut to Chucky putting the finishing touches on his pyramid, but he built it upside down. Classic Chucky. And that makes Angelica mad instead of awestruck at Chucky's engineering marvel. Yeah, honestly, building a pyramid with the big fat end on the ground, whatever, man. (laughs) Building one with the tiny end on the ground and the fat end up in the air. That is like some David Copperfield shit. Right. And I'm just thinking, can't he just tip it over if that's the plan? Also that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's sand. Just sure. sand. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. just <laughs> What's important is that Chucky makes mistakes. That's one of the gags of the show. So. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Both Chucky and Tommy as Moses are wearing diapers and nothing else because Egypt is hot and they're babies. Mm -hmm. Babies are standing in for the Hebrew people, for the Israelites here. Yes. Uh, Next, she takes Moses into her throne room and gives him an ancient Egyptian reptar bar. And he says, now this is what I call civilization. Mm -hmm. Take a shot. Yeah. I want a reptar bar. (laughs) They they play at what like ninety percent or eighty percent true like palette swap of the story where you know everything is 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 fi- ah starting a little bit there like everything is 
um, you know, to the story to some extent. And then every now and again, it's just like there's a joke later we'll get to. But then like, yeah, there's cereal and there's the reptar stuff and there's toys like. Right. They, Cynthia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, Cynthia. the, the pharaoh yep. Cynthia with the with the headdress. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Two different Cynthia dolls in this episode. <laughs> That's right. Well, here's about where we cut back to the attic, where Angelica asks why Moses became Pharaoh's best pal, even though Moses was a baby. I mean, a Hebrew. (laughs) And as Boris begins to answer her, Chaz opens the attic door and we get don't close the door. Number two of the episode. Yeah. So now he gets to sit and listen to Boris continue the story as Moses watches the Hebrew people build a new city for Pharaoh, and we see a bunch of babies in diapers pulling around giant stones. Yeah, I can't remember if this was the point, but at some point when Boris says something about the babies having to be slaves and work for the Pharaoh, uh, Angelica says something like, well, that sounds pretty great. And he goes, well, it was pretty scary at the time, I can tell you. And I I don't know if that was just purely meant as a joke, but honestly, telling the, the story of Passover as if you were there is part of the tradition. So he's actually perfectly okay. in line with the tradition with that little uh, with that line. Oh, perfect. I did question that. I'm just like, you're not that old, Boris. <laughs> I, yeah, that's why I was like, I don't know if this is just a joke about like Boris, like uh, grandpa's always telling stories like they were there or oh, yeah. like Boris is that old. I was like, it's Believe accurate, me, though. I was there. It's accurate. Yeah, that that absolutely seems like a thing Boris would do. Mm-hmm. But here's where we see Phil and Lil. They are pulling a single stone in opposite directions and they break <laughs> it in two like a couple of super strong Hulk babies. Yeah, impressive work. Um, the power of twins. Yeah, I feel like that. Well, they're evenly matched. Of course, that's what happens. That's what have to happen. Sure. <laughs> well, they get it from their mom. Have you seen Betty? Yeah, she's pretty tough. Yeah. Now look what you did, Lillian. You did it, Phil. Uh, Phil and Lil are voiced by Kath Susie. I brought her up a few times, most recently on Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, as the enchantress who curses everybody in the castle because their master's a jerk. Yeah, that name sounds very familiar to me. She's been in a bunch of stuff, but this might be her most popular thing. I wonder if I notably, if I particularly know her from something else. I'm really curious. Uh, but. Lola Bunny. She was Lola Bunny in Space Jam. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, I've never seen Space Jam. I'm a bad millennial. (laughs) Tiny Toons. She was Fifi. Fifi La Fume. That also tracks. Yeah, that's sort of like raspy, kind of like throw it. Like, yeah, that kind of voice. Linka and Captain Planet. Vind. You know, I'm just glancing at her uh, credits and she's just been in so many things. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that name might have just stuck out to me for what whatever reason. There's one thing you learn from this show is that every decade has about five voice actors. That's a yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Sh- oh, she was one of the bimbets in the original Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's where I know her from. <laughs> That's it. So Phil, Lil, and the other babies are getting ordered around by a bunch of toddlers wearing little headdresses like the pharaohs. I looked that up. They're called Nemes. Fun fact. And these other toddlers should not be wearing them. That's Pharaoh only headgear. Uh-huh. But but they do the job here of visually separating the Israelite babies from the Egyptian a little older toddlers. Yeah, yeah it's that and that they're like slightly taller. Just a bit taller. Yeah. Barely, though. 
it's it feels like they forget sometimes the animators forget that the babies are supposed to be smaller because they're right very rarely appreciably smaller than the big kids oh yeah even Moses is wearing one who asks Chucky, Phil, and Lil why they aren't playing with Pharaoh, and they nervously explain to clueless, privileged Moses that because they're babies, they have to work all day with no naps and no potty breaks. Yeah, only one bottle a day. Really? Inhumane. Here's one Moses says, well, Pharaoh lets me do whatever I want, and I'm a baby, takes off his nemesis to reveal his bald head. <laughs> what? Just reveal of all reveals of the I am actually left handed. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Just the, the, the shock of that moment of like, oh, you're bald. You've got to be a baby. <laughs> Despite the fact that Chucky is there and other babies are wandering around with full heads of hair, but it's fine. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, Chucky's the one who makes him put it back on before anybody sees. And just in time, as a particularly pushy toddler literally pushes Chucky and tells the babies to get back to work. And here's where Moses takes a stand and says, hey, you can't treat the babies like that. And when the other kid refuses, Moses pushes him off of Chucky. But as he does, the cloth falls off his head, revealing he's bald as a baby. <gasps> also, he pushed him to the ground. Yeah, that's pretty serious business for for kids. <laughs> that is an accurate like kid version of uh, a, a slave driver was beating a slave. And so Moses took his. Uh, whatever whip and then whipped him instead like this is the baby equivalent like i pushed him into the onto the ground yeah they toned it down a tiny bit from moses killed a dude (laughs) yes there are a number of areas in the story you'll notice where they made it less scary oh yeah Yeah. no you yeah you can't (laughs) show six-year-olds like straight up old testament stuff that is just a bad idea (laughs) yeah but it's revealed hey you're a baby i'm telling pharaoh But Moses insists, Pharaoh's my friend. She won't stop liking me just because she found out I'm a baby. But the other babies insist, you've got to go. And the the drive the point home, the weather just becomes dark and a thunderstorm rolls in and we fade back to Boris's attic at this point. And that's where they cut to commercial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is the big cliffhanger of like uh, to keep you hanging on is like, how much trouble is Moses going to be in? <gasps> so much trouble that the weather has changed. Yes. That's pretty big trouble. Yes. That's when I saw Rosie O'Donnell hosting the Kids' Choice Awards. But Moses didn't know what he was getting into. What was he getting into? Big trouble. Stay tuned. More Rugrats coming up on Nick on CBS. Power up for Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice 2003. The only award show where you have control. Kids' Choice! With more stars, music, and way more nets! Join host Rosie O'Donnell for Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards 2003. Tonight at 8 o'clock, 7 central. The Kids' Choice Awards are sponsored by Burger King, Old El Paso, Pocket Neopets, and Hershey Kisses. Hey, this is TC. And this is Jim from The Studio Demands It. A bi-weekly screenwriting podcast where every episode we conceptualize and craft an entire screenplay based on the demands of one of our listeners acting as a studio. From hypothetical sequels of popular franchises to reboots or reimaginings of films that deserve a fresh chance. To hypothetical films that simply must be brought into existence. Join the creative process over at studiodemandsit.com. Hope to see you there. See you. 
Well, well I, I can't see us. Hope to hear them there? Hope to hear us there. Yep. <laughs> now back to Rugrats, only on Nickelodeon. But very weirdly, the Paramount Plus copy plays the title card again here. The ba-ba. Like, what? That didn't happen. I had that as well. Yeah, I had that too. Did you? I think it's I think it's double episode. Like, huh? I thought of it as like a death of Superman thing where it's like they did because I, I don't think I remember <laughs> seeing the title card at the intro of the episode. And so it was like, oh, they definitely did. OK, but to me, it was like 12 minutes to 12 minutes of, you know, build up, build up, build up. And then the big reveal of, yeah, it's a Passover episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a hell of a cold open if that had been the first time they showed the title card. Oh, <laughs> just in case you didn't realize it. It's a Passover episode. I gotcha. And we're back. We're back in the dining room. Stu's at least trying to sound more enthusiastic, talking about this bitter herb we eat. And Dee Dee corrects him, it's herb. And I believe she's correct. She is. In America, it's herb in the UK. Is it? Yeah. Fun fact. Oh, all right. I thought, yeah, like, well. this seems like a weird thing to quibble about. Surely everybody knows that that's a UK thing. But no, I am proven wrong in this moment. Yeah. Well, Stu has to stop and mansplain back. You know, a lot of people say herb. <laughs> He's right, though. I, I, <laughs> I guess honestly he thought is. it was a really silly thing for her to call him out on, but I don't know. Just show them fighting more. <laughs> more tension. Yeah. And Drew takes that cue to get up and go check on Angelica, who's now very interested in the story. And we're now at the part where Moses encounters the burning bush. We don't see it. Boris just tells us about it. No. A lot of yada yada in of that part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of not saying the word God. <laughs> yeah, probably for the best, because what's the voice of God going to sound like in the <laughs> Rugrats universe? Well, sure. But I did think it was a little I didn't actually notice it with the burning bush part. It just says, you know, like Moses saw a burning bush and the burning bush told him that he had to go back to Egypt to save the other babies. And right. it's like, OK, true. You don't. it's not inaccurate just to mention that it wasn't the voice of God. Right. Um, but later when he says, like, then Moses made some plagues happen. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what happened. I guess I'm not surprised that Nickelodeon was like, let's downplay the God part of the story. It's not like most Christmas specials get into Jesus, but it's also like true. Giving Moses the credit is is an interesting way to tell the story. <laughs> I'm imagining the bush sounding like Reptar's opera singing voice from <laughs> Reptar on Ice. Just, I'm just a dinosaur. That I mean, why didn't they just get that that voice actor? I mean, that's yeah, I am Godtar. <laughs> God just should have. Oh, what if God had been Reptar though? God should have been Reptar. That makes if Angel it's Angelica's imagination. It's yeah. If 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 Angelica's vision, God should have either been Reptar. Or possibly, or Cynthia. Yeah, that she would. That would have been that uh, Cynthia would never betray uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the the Pharaoh Angelica. Oh, though yeah. it could have been like one of their parents or something. Like uh, yeah. they could have right. done something fun with it. I feel like they but could have. I don't entirely blame them for trying no. to downplay the god yeah. part of the story. <laughs> it happens, but we now cut to Pharaoh receiving a bunch of gifts from visiting ambassadors. We have cupcakes from Ethiopia. We have fortune cookies from China and the Persian ambassador. Speaking of Cynthia, they bring rock star Cynthia complete with light up revolving stage. Yeah. I was wondering, um, I'm 
almost positive that was the voice actor who vo- did the voice of Susie being the Ethiopian ambassador. Hey, Pharaoh, we bring you cupcakes to acknowledge your greatness. Excellent. Might have been. Uh, that's Cree Summer. So Okay, yeah. I was like, that sounds like Susie. It's, she wasn't on the show yet, though, right? I don't think so. And wrong. She definitely wasn't wasn't in this episode. I don't know if she was on the show at some oh. point. Uh, real cow tool sort of joke for me, because like fortune cookies, China <laughs> yeah. kind of makes sense. I know they're Japanese, but what, like there's a line there. And then I was like, is Ethiopia known for cupcakes? Like, is there a lot? Like, is that something? I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't think it I was. I mean, it's 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 Angelica's <laughs> vision. So sure. she. She would want to receive treats. Also, she's got uh, she's got baked goods on the brain because she wasn't allowed to have any cookies. That's so. it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it scans. There you go. And last but not least, Moses is back with Chucky, who I guess is kind of filling the role of Aaron here, but not really. Tommy's doing all the speaking and the staff throwing. Yeah. But. He immediately tells Pharaoh, Let me guess. You came to beg for forgiveness. Nope, I came to tell you to let my babies go. Iconic. Icon- yeah, I read the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that is this episode's uh, A Macca Baby's Gotta Do It, A Macca Baby's Gotta Do It. Yep. And if you don't, something bad is going to happen. He says that a number of times, and they just leave it at that for now. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh is not impressed, and we get the old staff transforming into a snake trick. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. I mean, who's to say he can't make plagues happen if he can turn a cane into a snake? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I like, though, that the their their translation of in the story that traditionally the pharaoh then says, oh, big deal. I have court magicians who can do tricks like that. And they do a similar trick, turn somebody's staff into a snake. Mm-hmm. Instead, they have just a uh, uh, pharaoh Angelico. I, I can do magic, too. Take them away. I can make <laughs> yes. you disappear. Yeah. That does seem more Angelica. It does. I like that line. She would not want any more snakes than there were already in the room. No. Have them removed. <laughs> then Moses again warns Pharaoh, who leans in and says, Go ahead. Make my day. Without any additional level to that reference, it's just the 90s. <laughs> nope. No issue referencing Dirty Harry. But now we get a much more kid-friendly montage of the plagues of Egypt, which means we skip right over the Blood River one. Yeah, yeah. I think there's he lists five of the ten plagues. The Amazon fun fact that I got was for obvious reasons, only half of the ten plagues are mentioned. Yes. For obvious, for obvious reasons. reasons. And so I did the little census of which ones are mentioned, which aren't. Yep. Um if you want to go through them, uh, I have one thing I want to point out about the the four or five that they ran through. Sure. Well, I have the ones they skip. They skip pestilence, they skip boils, and they skip hail. The others are mentioned, but I don't think they were in order. They didn't mention the blood, sure. No, no blood. no blood. So that's, yeah, blood, yeah. pestilence, boils, hail. Yeah, death death of cattle. Anything that involved blood, death, or gross skin issues. Skip. Right. Now, why would they skip hail? That would be... I don't know. Later on, she is getting hailed on. It's just not acknowledged as such. Like as oh, part of, in, the, okay. in the throne room, like there's some hail hitting her. Um, mm. And just that I think they skipped it. One of them, which uh, Wild Beasts was listed. As far as I'm aware, that's not a plague. Just that a bunch of animals showed up. Isn't it? I've seen that in other Passover specials. Wild Beasts, I think. Yeah. 
is interchangeable with I think flies or Okay. Okay. Um Oh yeah, well that's that is a good point. Um yeah, so I think it's sometimes it's wild animals or flies. Which possibly is due to a, a debated translation. Yeah, I know lice gnats is like a translation, uh, you know, debate. But yeah, that one I didn't know actually that that was. I couldn't find it as a, as a canonical plague anywhere, so I just figured it was made up because they wanted to have a bunch of tigers run into the throne room. It was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> also possible, but now I've definitely run into other references to just wild beasts running around. Yeah, fair, but. We also get the frogs. We They even throw the locusts in there. It's the locusts that prompts Pharaoh Angelica to consider letting the babies go if Moses calls off all these animals. And he does. But psych. The Pharaoh in the Exodus is very much like Angelica in that he's <laughs> someone who keeps changing his mind upon realizing, wait a minute, I'm inconvenienced here. Yeah. How dare. <laughs> Another quick check in the attic here, and now Chaz, who, remember, doesn't know this story, is also quite enthralled. But now Drew opens the door to find them, but of course we get our third. Don't, Don't close, close the door. door. Uh, yeah. The, the fact that all of the adults immediately slam the door closed behind them, it's one thing when they have, like, Angelica being like, oh, it doesn't let me try. Right. Yeah, that's the thing a little kid would do. Even Chaz is a bit of a dope, so him just, like, slamming the door. Okay, but, like, the, just people just keep closing the door. <laughs> right, yeah. Charlotte does it a little, a few minutes later, but. Yeah. Just a parade of people locking their keys in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah, but classic comedy rules of threes. Uh, yep. You yeah. got to get that third one in. So Absolutely. Yep. But. We have to get Charlotte stuck up there so she can say, I wonder if there's a fax up here. Mm. <laughs> right. You know, the the traditional attic fax. Yeah. At, a, at your grandparents' house in the 90s. <laughs> yes. Sure. But meanwhile, we cut back to Egypt. The babies are packing up to leave when that bully Egyptian toddler from before declares Pharaoh has changed her mind and the babies have to stay. So Moses returns to a now cackling Pharaoh and warns her, if you don't let my babies go by tomorrow night, something really, really bad's going to happen. And now it's time for the final plague, more terrible than all the others. And as Boris explains it, the firstborn of every household would be Taken away. Both of them just did air quotes right now. It was beautiful. <laughs> In perfect sync, they, I gotta say. Yes. Like yeah. Practiced it. Yeah. <laughs> they this is the one that even if you don't notice some of the other, like the ducking of references to God or the ducking of yeah. like certain, you know, scenes of, of of death and murder, like this one, they are like bending over backwards, just be like, oh, they're gonna take you away. Just don't don't ask what that means. I mean, Angelica is pretty damn scared of it. Yeah. Uh, without knowing what that means, I guess to any kid, the idea of being taken away would be scary. But I, yeah, when he first mentions it, I went, "Oh shoot, yeah, they skipped some of the other plagues, but you can't skip this one." You no. can't. No. It's load bearing to the plot. Kind of important. And I was like, "How are they going to do this?" <laughs> they did the best they could, as specifically as yeah. you could on Nickelodeon, but. And honestly, I love the translation of this because obviously in this version of the story, Angelica has no 
children. <laughs> she doesn't right. have a firstborn. No. But they like, I mean, they, they must have been like writing it and trying to figure out how do we fit this into baby terms? How do we fit it into what Angelica would be seeing? And when they realized that Angelica is an only child, they were like, this is perfect. Yes. <laughs> I do love the scene where she she's like, okay, I don't care. Take away firstborn. I don't even know any firstborn. And wait a minute, and then calls her dad. He's like, "Hey, daddy!" He's like, "Oh, hi, Pharaoh, honey. How are you?" Right. Calls her dad. Part. Calls her dad. Lest we forget, on a hieroglyphics phone, because of course it's Egypt. <laughs> yeah. You don't use yeah. numbers. They use hieroglyphics or everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. And her dad is just dressed like normal it's in just his house. True. It is nineties dad it's outfit. True. It is yeah. dining room or kitchen or whatever. Yeah. Oh, hey, honey. How's Egypt? <laughs> how's daddy's little Pharaoh? <laughs> oh, my little. That's pretty yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, can I ask you a question? Of course, Pharaoh, honey, anything. Uh, you and Mommy didn't by any chance have any other kids before me that you might have forgotten to mention, did ya? Of course not, my little sphinx. You're our first and only child. I see. Thank you, Daddy. I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> but, but great twist to make this work. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Oh, I love this part. I thought that was really fun. So now we cut to Moses and the babies having their last meal before they leave. Phil and Lil are arguing which one of them was born first. Also good. I looked it up. Do you happen to know the answer? Oh, that was one of the Amazon fun facts was. Oh, was it? Which okay. one's older? I didn't know there was a canonical answer. Um, let me let me think about they're They're kind of interchangeable as characters they are I, I don't know if you could extrapolate this i will just tell you i'm gonna say lil i'm gonna guess lil that is correct yeah. lil is older by two whole minutes according to the rugrats wiki i based that on the fact that betty would insist on her girl child coming first <laughs> because she's a feminist yeah that's probably how it happened uh rugrats wiki even has everyone's birthdays listed phil and lil were born on march 31st oh wait I'm surprised that there are canonical birthdays for all of them. They have canonical years on there. And here's where it gets weird and interesting. It, you can't have years. That's no, they stay babies through the whole show. It can't be years. Well, no, they have years that uh, I do not accept. And the way they handle the reboot that happened recently is they just push the years up 30 years. So we are. Older than Stu and Dee Dee and everybody in the reboot. And it was just, oh, oh dear. Oh, no. Crumbling to dust. No, I don't like it. And I, I, I don't like I it. I checked because I think I, I initially stumbled upon the reboot trying to find this episode. Uh, the reboot has not done Passover yet. So I guess I'll be back here oh. in 30 years to. Hey, all right. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I, I don't know that I knew there'd been a reboot. I knew about the movies that they'd done a couple of movies, but I didn't, I don't think I knew that there was a reboot. Is it airing currently? It's like a very recent Paramount plus thing. I believe. Yeah. I want to say in the oh. last few years, I if, think it was. Yeah. About, yeah. Very recent. Have they like significantly updated the, the style, like the characters clothes? Oh, it's CGI. Yeah. It's 3d. I mean, I mean, that's a character design though. No, the like, character designs are all the same. They're just 3d animated now. One of the things that I remember hearing about that they cut, because like a couple of the jobs are updated and things like that, uh, they fully cut Howard, Phil and Lil's dad. Oh. Um, because uh, I, he I, was barely there. Well, I think too. And I think it was like just canonically, yeah, Betty's a lesbian. Okay. I think, or I mean, I'm not surprised. 
I, I'm 85% sure that's what they did. If not, it's like still the implication. Howard's entire character was the character of the henpecked husband, which is, yeah. you know, not great today. Yeah, no. They could have updated him and made him like just, uh, you know, like a, a soft boy. But uh, <laughs> making making Betty a single mom is also like I genuinely until you said his name had forgotten he existed. So that's yeah, fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I even remember watching him like, oh, yeah, they have a dad. Whoa, I do not like these character designs. Their eyes are very unsettling. They, I just look. No, up they don't. It's like the seeing them in the theme park. I'm like, you should not be in three dimensions. Tommy looks the same, but Angelica, they like w- made the dimensions of her face a little weird. And I don't like it. Mm-mm. Nor should, Nor should you be six feet tall. Should you be six feet tall? Yeah. You. Okay. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Oh, every, the, the clothing is a little updated. Is it? Yeah, like it's still, I mean, Chaz still wears a sweater vest and a bow tie. Okay. But, um, and uh, uh, Charlotte still has her hair in an extremely, like, brain-stretchingly tight ponytail, yeah. but. Okay. A, a high pony is very in, so. Oh, yeah. Know, like oh, Phil and Mom, Betty does not still have a, uh, uh, the, the woman sign. On her shirt. Oh, she doesn't? No, in the new show. Yeah. At least based on the first image of her I found on the internet. All which, right. you know. I'm not saying that Google wouldn't show me fan art before real art. That, that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, it's happened to me a few times, too. But Phil and Lil arguing about which one of them was born first. It was Lil. Moses breaks up their argument to explain all they have to do is put a big red mark on their door and their house will be passed over. Big red mark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just a red mark. What's it made of? It's not important. Doesn't matter. Crayon. <laughs> it's ketchup. <laughs> it's ketchup. <laughs> and Phil helpfully breaks the fourth wall here and says, I guess that's why we call it Passover. Ron Howard voice. Uh, that's that's the name of the show. Hey. <laughs> and of course, we have another example of Chucky can't do anything right, where he walks in and says, Hey, Moses, your doorway had some kind of big red smudge on it. But don't worry, I cleaned it up for you. Yeah, oh no. Moses looks more annoyed than scared for his life. <laughs> right, yeah, it should have been like, oh God, we have to put it up right away. Or like two, three of the people in this room are going to get taken away. Right. Pharaoh also doesn't seem to be too concerned at the moment either. We find her just talking to her Cynthia doll while she colors a big scroll with hieroglyphics. Coloring outside the lines, just like Angela. Oh, of course. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. Uh, And there's a loud bang on the door. She runs out to the back before this silver fog kind of seeps in. It's them. It's them. <laughs> yeah, it's the mist. It's the mist. The, the the John is that John Carpenter? Uh, Steve, oh, Stephen King did the fog. I think uh, so. Stephen King. Yeah, I think oh, the was, fog. You're right. You know yeah, what? I might be multiple. thinking of the fog. Though. Shyamalan did oh, the mist. What, mm, I don't know. That's what it is. I was thinking of the fog though. Yeah, that's the one where people get t- stuck in a grocery store and then there's fog outside and that's scary. Yes, the fog eats you or something. Yeah. That is what I'm thinking of. Yes. <laughs> But uh, she runs all the way to where Moses is hiding out, tells him, fine, you could go call off this firstborn thing. And they make a deal. And we see the baby exodus, just a huge caravan of babies. Yep. And uh, I do. I did slightly take issue. I know it's a cartoon. It's they've got to work some jokes in. Also, Chucky has to make a mistake every five minutes. But 
saying that the way that the matzah came to be was that Chucky just forgot to put the yeast in the bread. Right. Part of me is like, no, this is an important part yeah. of the story. Yeah, that one feels they could have. religiously significant. They could have worked that one in. They could have worked it in. Yeah. We got to go now. Yeah, like, well, you didn't you didn't wait for it to rise. Well, we were in a hurry. But the Chucky's line where he holds up his his bread and says, well, look on the bright side. We just invented matzah. That line was like imprinted on my brain. I'm like, that must have been in the trailer. Might have been. Because that line in particular just felt even more than let my babies go. I was like, I feel like I've heard this particular line 200 times. Like Angelica saying, you have to <laughs> when you say yeah, it in the yeah, Hanukkah episode. Yeah. That line and another one coming up, I definitely remember Yeah, from those uh, commercial promos for this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for now, back to the attic where Chaz helpfully interjects. So that's why we eat matzah. Uncle Moses is dry cracker sunrise, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And Angelica adds, and that's why I can't have cookies more excitedly than she would in any other context of that sentence. Yeah, she's glad to at least have an explanation. Borderline, borderline Christian film sort of like, and he died for my sins? Like, level of... (laughs) 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 For for matzah, for matzah. (laughs) For matzah. For matzah. Made of bread. (laughs) Well, now we head where, if you've been keeping track, it is now just Stu, Dee Dee, and Minka left in the dining room. And Stu's back to being bored of this again, droning on about this matzo we eat. What is its meaning? Are you still on the questions? How how long did it take them to realize that nobody had come back? (laughs) Right. They realize it right now. Like, oh, wait. Yeah. People keep leaving and not returning. This is normally what happens in a horror movie. <laughs> right. I, am, I am shocked that Stu didn't find any excuse to pause the Seder. Like, oh, when we when they get back, when they get back, you know. But also, like, yeah, no. yeah. Oh, I don't want to miss like, anything. There's yeah. the, other, the other push there of, like, if you don't want to be there, you want to just power through that thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's that. There's no, that. No, here's where they realize, wait a minute, where is everyone? You think that Stu would have been like, no, it, we have to find Boris. Let's go look for him. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll go first. Right. You know? <laughs> is there a bar nearby? He likes to hang there out is. at? Like, yeah. I don't know. How do, how, do, how do Jewish grandpas do? Well, back in Egypt, Pharaoh tells her second in command kid to bring her some reptar cereal. But uh-oh, they're all out because the slave baby who was supposed to get the cereal was just set free. And then she asks, would you please tell me what moron set free the reptar cereal slave? Uh, you did. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll just have a glass of goat's milk. Milk slave was also set free, as was the bath slave. And that is it. She's going after those babies. I was so delighted by this joke, which was definitely one of those that joke was there for the parents. And I absolutely I never noticed it before the air and go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Mike, did you not notice this joke? Remind me. Uh, he's, she says, I'll have a nice warm bath. He goes, oh, the bathwater baby was also, the baby who brings the water for your bath was also like, go. And she says, you mean I threw out the baby with the bathwater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I was like, that is so good. It's seamless. To be fair, this is not the first time I've watched this episode as an adult. This is the first time I caught that joke. That's oh, that's delightful. I didn't write it down for some reason. 
It's so good. I was delighted. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But now she's got to go after those babies who we find have reached an impasse at what Phil calls the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) You know how the ocean, usually there's land just like a few yards away. Yeah, that ocean near Egypt. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And here comes Pharaoh, so Chucky and Phil beg Moses to do something quick. And before Moses can even think of what to do, Minka, Didi, and Stu find everyone in the attic. And all the adults erupt in chatter as they try to explain at all at once what they're all doing up there. And Angelica does her best animal from the Muppet Show with... I want to hear the end of the story. So Boris tells everyone to sit down tells us Moses had to do something, and we cut to the other iconic scene of this episode as Moses walks up to the edge of the water, mutters, I hope this works, raises his staff, and the sea parts for the babies to cross. You simply gotta have that. You simply... Oh, yeah. You simply gotta have the seas parting. That is like... Can't skip it. What, top... Yeah, that's like what, top three bits of the story in terms of just like visual spectacle, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's not super scary, um, especially when you don't acknowledge the part where the the Egyptians that followed behind were drowned. Don't acknowledge that part. They kind of do. They kind of do. We'll get to that. Sort of. Yeah. Oh, I thought they they purpose. They pointedly were like, she's fine. I showing her talking underwater. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> and you see her later. She's okay. We see her floating in the water telling Cynthia, this is all your fault before a shark chomps yeah. Cynthia right out of Angelica's grip. And they just leave it at that. Yeah. All of those, uh, all those, those river sharks. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of fact checking, I did look this one up and there aren't sharks in the Nile, but there are sharks in the Red Sea. Oh, there you oh. go. So, hey, again with the accuracy, Rugrats. Good job. That is impressive. I really expected that one to just be, it was just a a fun gag, (laughs) you know. You know, sharks do love to eat plastic, though, notoriously. Famously. Absolutely. (laughs) That's why I keep throwing it in there. Yeah, we're helping them. (laughs) Sharks thrive on microplastics, you guys. That's science. (laughs) And that's where all the sharks went. So Boris wraps things up. This is why we have a Seder every year to celebrate how to celebrate how Moses led the Hebrews to freedom. And Angelica remarks, wow, what a great holiday. She feels bad for Pharaoh, though. (laughs) Of course she does. I do love that when uh, when Minka says like, "Okay, well, now let's go back downstairs and finish the Seder. Boris says, I just told the story. That's the most important part. Let's Let's eat. eat. But as soon as they all get up, a Legit. gust of wind blows the door shut. Classic comedy rule of sixes. <laughs> yes. I was thinking, like, surely when he's like, all right, everybody sit down so we can finish the story. I'm like, please, someone just put a chair. Someone. Or something. Nope. <laughs> now they're all stuck in the attic. So Boris tells everyone to sit down and I'll tell them another Passover story. And Chaz asks about how the Hebrews wandered in the desert for 40 years before they reached the promised land. No, about how Boris's uncle Simon and Aunt Reba met for the first time at the Seder of Pincus the Tailor. Beautiful. Love it. And for a, a wonderful like bit of, again, accuracy, like Jews actually made this moment. Uh, the last shot is like a book 
pages of a book flipping yes. closed and showing the end on the last page. And the book is going in the correct direction. Oh, oh yeah. Th- oh, I didn't notice that part. Mm-hmm. I was too busy. Like, th- does it end with a page that says the end? Well, not uh, no, yeah. generally. No, but this this story. Does. Okay, but, like, the, right, this is such a classic, you know, a fairy tale thing of uh, of like fairy tale oh, movies yeah. and cartoons. It's like you show a book flipping yep. closed and the end. But this, the end is on yeah, the uh, they opposite show- side as it would be for an English book. So. They show the back. Right. I don't know how well it would have read if they ended on a screen on a, on a page in the middle of the text. It just says, you may now eat dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the meal. And then there's like the, the coffee comb and in like five more parts of it, because that's not the end of the, the Seder. No, no. Yeah, you do. You do have to do the coffee comb, but it's fine. They're just going to stay up there indefinitely. Well, <laughs> that's how the series ends. <laughs> Oh, man, can you imagine if that, that was one? Because there's a few examples out there of TV shows that ended a season on a bit of a cliffhanger and then didn't get another season. Like, I think ALF yes. ended with, like, the FBI coming to get ALF. Yep. And they're, like, outside the house with guns drawn and then yeah. they didn't get another season and nope. that's the end of ALF. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> The Rugrats ends with everyone and they're still in the <laughs> attic to this day. If they didn't make the second batch episodes, that's how it would have ended. That's yeah. how it would have ended. Uh, I guess for a few years, right? Wasn't it? How long was it? Like at least a year, right? At least a year. And then it was the Hanukkah special and then the Mother's Day special. And then mid 1997, they kind of ramped things up because Nickelodeon realized, hey, Rugrats is still doing well. We should make more. It hadn't done so well. Yeah. We never would have found out if they got back. They ever got out of that addict. I'm explaining it as Charlotte has a cell phone. <laughs> she is shown uh, talking on her phone in that last yeah, scene. Yep. That's a good point. So no one had to jump out the window. Everything's fine. She called Jonathan and he came and that's it. Him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about sorry. I'm just imagining like one of those like uh, Christmas special, like special guest pads that just is like, and the Sultan of Brunei. <laughs> <laughs> As himself. <laughs> uh, good uh. times. But that's it for the Rugrats' first big holiday special, and I thought it held up very nicely. Oh, absolutely classic. I, Aside from the very big disappointment of finding out that Stu is trying to suppress his uh. wife's uh, culture and religion, other than that, <laughs> pretty delightful. Yeah. As one of very few, like, Passover specials that exist, and certainly probably one of three two or three that exist for children i mean it's kind of got to be it's kind of got to hold up well and luckily it does yeah. yeah i mean i aside from standalone movies intended for just like released by jewish production companies for to be sold directly to jewish people mm-hmm. like what other passover specials were there on like regular television i don't even know if the sherry lewis one was to direct to video like the hanukkah one or if it was aired like on tv i found something called it's passover grover which is the sesame street thing but i've never seen it oh uh, yeah, so I've never they, heard of that. <laughs> when they we talked about Shalom Sesame, they kind of rebooted it in either the late '90s or the early 2000s, and they included Grover as sort of the the Gentile voice. And mm-hmm. there's an episode called "It's Passover Grover," 
So that doesn't count because Shalom Sesame was for Jewish audiences. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, so. no, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to think if there are any other mainstream Passover episodes. Of I can't television. think of any. I remember no. seeing this one that was clay animated, but that was definitely made for a Jewish audience because mm. they go through all the songs. I forget the one song, but it, it, it's sort of like a round robin thing where they talk about a cat did this and something else and there's a goat. And, oh, God, good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all in Hebrew, this part. So I had no idea what's happening. I'm just like, oh, oh I see. They're singing a song and they're going also, back and forth. just a fun traditional song has nothing. The, even the song is not about the Passover story in any way. Oh, it's but just it, let's throw this in here. Yeah, it's it's part of it. It is part of it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It has been sung at Seder's for a very long time. I don't know when it originated, but okay. it's been around for a long time. But it's definitely not like this. Actually, it doesn't actually relate to the story appreciably. Okay. Yeah. The Angel then, of Death makes appearance in the song. I guess that's the biggest connection. That's it. And then I, I remember watching Prince of Egypt as a kid, which is a kid, which is a, a movie for sure. But it is like a yeah. PG one. So in terms of just media right. for kids. Yeah, that, that, was, is, like that was a mainstream for, release. Yeah, meant yeah for mass that's audiences. it. Those two. Yeah. Ten Commandments, I guess, but <laughs> not intended for kids. No, no not intended for kids. Yeah. yeah, Rugrats, Prince of Egypt, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But thank you both for joining me in this little escape. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, I was delighted, delighted to be brought back to talk about something other than Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> After my three Hanukkah appearances. That's right. <laughs> Well, if people want to give you the gift of Rockstar Cynthia, complete with light up revolving stage, where can they find you on the Internet? Zach. Uh, I am at Zach Goslin on Twitter. I'm also at N underscore. They stay there on Twitter. That's an anonymous sports account. But if you've made it this far into the episode and you know that account, congratulations. You know who I am now. <laughs> um, I don't have a podcast or anything, but one request would be to. Uh, call Delta customer service and waste their time because they owe me money that they're not going to pay me. Do that. You can cut. You can cut that if you want. <laughs> Delta has screwed me over enough times that I also support. I'm fine with that. This is the other. This is the other day, so I'm some so salty about it. Wasting Delta's <laughs> uh, time at all times. There yeah. you go. Well, Sarah, where can we find you? Um, I am still on Twitter. I will yeah. go down with this ship uh, at the Sarah Shay. S H A Y. Not. Not the Irish way. And uh, you can also find me at sarahshay.com as all of all of the stuff about me is there. I am a musician. And so you can get my music and stuff there. If you like music, that's sometimes funny. If you thought <laughs> that I was funny during this episode and if you did, God bless you. But uh, <laughs> you can you can get more of that on Twitter and uh, on my in my music. Yes, please give them a visit. Uh, Those links are in the show notes of this episode, and all of my show notes are at adventcalendar.house, and that's where you can find wherever I happen to still be hanging out on the socials whenever you happen to be listening to this. Thank you again for listening. Our next episode falls on a Scrooge Sunday. Watch out, because here it comes. Until then, for Sarah and Zach, live from my miraculously freestanding upside-down pyramid... This is Mike Westfall reminding you to mind the icy patch and tell your partner you're sorry and you love them first before you storm off and lock yourself in the attic. Thanks.
next time on the Advent Calendar House. <laughs>